I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any materials produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay. Welcome to Into the Abyss with the amazing Peggy Gypsy. And here she is. Hello, Peggy. Hi, guys. Thank you for tuning in Into the Abyss with Peggy Gypsy. They're located at 2402 Royal Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. Also, Colorado Paratech. Their Facebook is Colorado Paratech. They are the creators of the Ghost Light. So make sure you go into the sponsors, check them out, tell them I sent you, and they will go ahead and take care of you guys. Um, you know what? I am so excited for tonight's guest. He is a dear friend of mine, and I always feel like every time I see him, I learn something new. It's one of those people that I love to pick his brain. You know, even though, even though he doesn't know it, he's like my secret mentor. So it's like I always read anything that he posts and I've you know been following him for a while so I am very honored to have the amazing <laughs> the talented I mean this guy he knows everything about everything I call him the jack of all trades Tim Shaw Tim how are you today I don't know who you're talking about uh, you buddy you <laughs> you're amazing every time I see you it's like oh my god how are you doing? I know you were like, I'm going to pay you $5 for an awesome introduction. Guys, I'm kidding. He did not pay me $5 to say that. <laughs> I paid her $10. But you know, $10. Over at the Statler, I mean, uh, it was, I was pleasantly surprised. It was busy all day. You girls were busy all day. Yeah. Uh, I was busy all morning until my gallery readings and then. Uh, that was a, I mean, that was a, a full boat up there with standing room only, and people were just, uh, just great. So it was good. It was fun to see you guys, and and you know, I don't get a chance to see you. Last time, when was the last time I saw you? Wasn't that Hinsdale? I was in the house like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I was uh, filming for uh, Nick Roth uh, Enterprises, uh, the uh, Calvin Von Crush uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. And, was working we had gone from uh we had, i had driven from buffalo to hydesville new york then from hydesville new york all the way down to lilydale so we did the interviews in lilydale and then we drove up to hydesville i was like i was i was on empty i was that camera felt so heavy on my shoulder <laughs> i was trying to film it was it, i was dragged <laughs> but it was so great to see you up there i think that was the first time that we actually met in person yeah, I think so. I, I'm almost positive. I, yeah. I, 
it was funny because I pulled up and then I don't know what happened. It was like somebody opened up the floodgates and all these people came running out. It was like, who are these people? What is going on at Hinsdale? That was pretty fun. I mean, that was such a great night. That was fun. But, you know, it was it was crazy. We wanted to stay longer. We had to drive back to Buffalo, Lynn and I, so we were a little bit tired. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that. I got home, I think, about 4 o'clock. I think by the time we were done filming and uh, pack up and getting everything ready, I think I pulled in the driveway right around 4 a.m., and then I had, I was out the door, I think, at 8, because I had to go and, uh, I was up at Lockport Cable, I had to go and direct a a couple episodes there for, you know, for their public access and uh, not-for-profit show. So I, it, I, I, would, I think I would definitely running on empty that day. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I, I was exhausted. I got up there on 6. I think I got up there on 6 o'clock for Chris Sutton's event, which was amazing. And, you know, I didn't expect that you were going to come up that late. And Dan was like, no, Tim is coming up. Tim Shaw's coming up. I'm like, we're staying. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I, I know. I greatly underwhelmed everybody. When I got there. Everybody was just like, "Oh my God, Tim, what are you doing?" <laughs> it was fun. I loved it. But you know what? I love Hinsdale. Hinsdale. Uh, I was first up there in 2011 uh, mm-hmm. when it was abandoned and uh, they were going to knock it down and stuff. And uh, the phenomena the that 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 I personally witnessed was crazy. I mean, it was just it, I. I expected, you know, I mean, you know me. I mean, I've been kicking around a long time. I've, you know, been to a lot of places. So I just thought to myself, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure this is 90% hype. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, believe me, it wasn't 90% it wasn't, hype. It wasn't. Yeah, the, the same thing happened to me. You know, I went up there with Sean Austin, and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know much about the house. I don't know. You know, people always say places are haunted. And, you know, we got up there during the day. And, you know, started seeing a couple of shadows during the day. The stuff was happening. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And then I, once everybody left, it was just insane. It really, it was one of those places that it took me about two years to admit that I was terrified. Now I'm not, obviously. But, you know, it was like I was due to investigating. And I had gone out in a few places, but nothing as intense as the Hinsdale house. And I was terrified, I remember. I was like, oh, I'm so cold. Something must be by me. No, I was terrified. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a little secret. Let me give you a little secret. If you aren't scared, you're doing something wrong. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I see stuff and, you know, yeah. you know. No, you, big deal, you know. But yeah, we're like, okay, whatever. But yeah, you have to. so often you get that holy crap moment, and like, yo, wait a minute, I have to take a breath here. You know, I've got to like, what was that? And yeah, it, you know, I, I run into a lot of investigators, you know, and they all got I call it duct tape on their butts. You know, they all are, you know, they're all <laughs> mystery. You know, they're all Mister Ms. Science, and they're <laughs> all like, yeah, nothing scares me, man. And then, you know, that one time where they wish they had the pens, you know, they were wearing them and uh, when something happens. And, I, you know, I mean, with me, I just, I try to, I try to roll with, I, well, I do roll with just about everything now. <laughs> but if you don't have that aha moment, you don't have that, ooh, wow, hold, what is that moment? Uh, you're doing something wrong. All of a sudden now you're going to start like, 
missing it. You know, the personal experiences. Yeah, yeah we were up at uh, the USS Edson up in Bay City, Michigan last year. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, the play. It was used in the uh, Twilight Zone. And, oh, wow. Yeah, they filmed an episode on there. And uh, it used to be in New York City. Uh, they used to, they used it as a, a, I think it was a communication ship, uh, mm-hmm. even though it was deactivated uh, during 9-11. And we were all doing some pretty intense work there. I mean, really intense work. And we get in this one room. It's called the 9-11 room, which is they, I guess they used to have cam- or they had uh, radio setups and stuff there. So everybody's got their faces, like, just buried in their equipment. I, you know, I got that. This, you know, when you get, you know, well, yeah, I know you get it. I mean, you yeah, just, yeah. That little, you know, you know, the solar plexus, little, little butterfly. And I turned around and there's like this figure. In, you know, in the hatchway, and it just went real smooth, turned and disappeared. Well, you know what? I went flying after it. I mean, it it really, I mean, it shocked me. I was like, wow. Wow. and I went running after it. And of course, I got through the, I got through the hatchway without really killing myself, but I was bouncing off the walls. As I oh my gosh! It just kind of made a turn. I saw it go, and it went down into this one of the crew berths. And I came back. I said, did you guys see that? And said, no, no. And, you know, we all thought that you got sick. Oh, we thought something happened. Because <laughs> you got sick. And then we found out that one of the uh, former caretakers actually died in that room. And they see uh, this caretaker on board a lot. And everybody's head was down. But I looked up, and it just, I got to tell you, I, it was one of those, what? What is that? Mm-hmm. And I, I came back in. I'm going, I can't believe it. I just saw that. And it was just like. You know, all of a sudden it was like that fear, and then all of a sudden it was like that rush of an adrenaline. Yes, <laughs> you get that, and you just keep running. I love that. That's a, that's what I do. You know, I mean, it, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm old, but uh, Moses definitely gave me the, the Ten Commandments when he came down the, when he came down the mountain there. But I mean, I went running after him. They couldn't believe. My friend said that I was up there. That we said I have never seen you move that quick. I said, Well, you haven't seen me when I'm scared because I can run quicker than that. Right. <laughs> but you know how sad that everybody else missed that experience because they were so stuck on the equipment and. You know, I just started getting into equipment maybe, I want to say, a year and a half ago. And it's, but I still, I'm still like, I, I do both. You know what I mean? I like to investigate like old school without the equipment and let's see what's going on. And I also like to use equipment, but I always, I'm one of those that like, I'll be looking down and I'm like looking everywhere too. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> you have to, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I would well, I mean, I, I've been kicking around for so long i mean i my first lyceum classes which is spiritualist sunday schools in 1972 and uh back then and even now the the national spiritual association of churches really doesn't want you to be using any kind of tool of divination outside of like a trumpet or the you know the traditional seance tools or even like the you know the modern stuff and uh, so, I mean, that's why I was brought up doing it, you know, really just, you know, hardcore and and get out there and just nothing, you know. Yeah. And as time went on, I mean, we started using <laughs> cassette recorders. I mean, and we, that's <laughs> we, had, we used to go and get these big ass uh, cassette recorders and we would uh, hook up like external microphones. And that's how we would capture EVPs at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what, I'm totally fascinated by 
by equipment. But the problem is, is that there's nothing better. And I'll admit it to you, Peg, that there's nothing better than having a team call me up and say, listen, we got this, we've got this situation. Come on down, give us a walkthrough. So I'll give them a walkthrough. I will, uh, you know, I'll transcribe everything onto uh, my recorder. And it's about, I would say like 11.30 by the time I'm done, I pull out the SD card, I give it to them, and then I drive away. Because I'm in bed by like 1 then, you know, instead of being up till 3 a.m. But it's, I I love it. But I I use all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, uh, you know the early uh, uh, the early inception of ITC technology, and uh, I use all sorts of scanners and and filters and stuff. I love that. I mean, I think it's phenomenal uh, what we're catching now. I mean, I I've uh, up at Hinsdale one time. I set up uh, two microphones. I piped it into a small uh, mixing board and then put it and recorded it right onto my laptop mm-hmm. and. I was getting all sorts of low energy stuff, and I and I sent it to a friend of mine up at up at uh, uh, one of the universities up in Michigan uh, mm-hmm. to decipher it. And he said, he goes, it sounds like language, but he says it's just the frequency is so low, I can't I can't say it is. Uh, but towards the end, I started getting uh, whatever it was was starting to repeat what I was saying, and then answer it. Yeah after they repeated it. So I think I, I think I logged about three or four hours just doing that. And uh, I mean, I love it. I, I, I'm hooked on it, you know, because because if you go down to my basement right now, along with the seven foot lockers full of haunted objects that I have, I have like four rubber made containers full of equipment that I no longer use because I've tested it so many times and I moved on to something else. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, if you ever want to donate <laughs> any equipment, I'm sure Lynn and I will gladly accept it. <laughs> as long as I know, we don't want any haunted items, so don't give me a haunted item. <laughs> I, I, had, I had some of my friendlier ones at the Statler. I had some of the friendlier ones with me. I oh, man. I didn't have anything that was too bad, you know. I And the, and the funniest thing is the day after the Statler, I had to take a run down to uh, uh, my buddy Joe's shop. Because mm-hmm. somebody left the Ouija board behind the shop, so I had to go. I had oh to go. my gosh! <laughs> you know, but that's now, Tim, we have a question from the chat room. Uh, Shay wants to know how long have you been in the field? Uh, actually, probably thirty, thirty-five years, I guess. Uh, uh, I used to work with uh, mediums that did spirit rescue circles, uh, and. That would that didn't involve anything but a lot of prayer and uh, mediums actually going into trance and trying to uh, convince the entity, the spirit personality, to go on. Uh, that's when I first started uh, uh, what you could con- consider investigations. Uh, then I, I I took a little break because I took a lot more. Well, I took a lot of training, and then I came back hardcore. So I would say. 30, 35 years where I was involved with it, I would say the last 20 years hardcore. Wow. That's amazing. That's just because I'm old. Don't oh, Tim, you're not old. Don't say that. You know, don't say that. Don't say that at all. You're so, you're full of life. You're one of those people that is just full of life. You're still 20. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm 20. My body says no. but I, Your body's I, like, No. <laughs> 
Now, from, you know, with all your years of experience, um, I want you to tell me three things you like about the field and three things that you don't like about the field. Oh, man. I know, I'm good. <laughs> wow, I never even had, when I, was, when I was on CBS, I never even asked questions. Hey, 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 my show, my rules. I, I always throw all these questions that people just get stopped like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> oh, no, no. I can't. I'm not going to get stuck at this. Three things that I do love. I love the fact that we're advancing the field every day. Every time we go out, we're advancing the field. We are we are searching for that uh, that that proof that there is life after death. And and being a spiritualist, uh, that is something that is paramount to the belief. Uh, the other thing that I, I really do like is the fact that we're you know, when I was growing up, we never really had a lot of the TV shows that we have now. Mm-hmm. And whether people think they're terrible, whether they think they're great, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that we, we are exposed to it. I remember I met Peter James uh, years ago. He was uh, uh, one of the first ones, he, uh, first televised uh, mediums. Mm-hmm. And he used to have like a special on Chris, or I mean at uh, Halloween every year, he'd be on the the, the Queen Mary, and I mean, I sit there and go, oh, man, if I could only do the what he's doing, walking yeah. around dark and all that. Uh, the third thing is it brings a lot of like-minded people together and opens up conversation. And whether, you know, like Cal, you know, Calvin Von Crush, Cal yes. is, is an atheist. And it was so great because the two of us sat down and we talked. I mean, and I respect everybody pretty much. Of course. And uh, he, he he was telling me my his views, and and I have like I have like hybrid views because of the fact that I associate with so many different religions, and you know, Guru, Sakriya, and uh, you know, Pentecostals, and I mean, you name it. I mean, you know, if listen, if there's a if there's a fire to dance around naked, I'm usually there. <laughs> Yeah, the first one there. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I think it brings a lot of people together for open conversation. And I have to say that the past 15 years, I've been blessed because I get a chance to, I've met so many great people and I've learned so much. And I've worked with so many, like, like I've worked, literally worked with exorcists and I've worked with, uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've taken part in uh, voodoo ceremonies where mm-hmm. bring the, you know, the, you know, People get possessed. Of, uh, they go into a translite state. But now, okay, the three things that really. That yeah, that you kind of like, oh, I really don't like this about the field or, you know. I got, listen, I've got, I've got a whole, I got a short list of gripes. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> no, I'll tell you what it is. One upmanship. One upmanship is the bane of the existence of paranormal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody bandies around paranormal unity, and I hear it all the time. And I'm, I don't believe. I'm sorry, it's bullshit. That is, I, I'm, I don't mean to curse, but it's bullshit. Because the same people that will preach about para unity are the first ones to try to knock you down. <laughs> They're like, no. It's, true. it's so true. I believe in paranormal respect. Yeah. Which is like. You know, you don't have to like me. You don't have to like what I'm doing. You don't have to agree with me. Just respect what I'm doing. I respect what you're doing. That's that's the big thing. I, you know, over the years, I mean, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, if if you, if you know, Winston Churchill says, if you don't if you don't make enemies, you're doing something wrong. I agree. <laughs> what we're doing in this field, you got you're bound to make enemies. And you know, hey, I make mistakes. Other people make mistakes. Whatever, it doesn't work out. That's we go our own separate ways. But this whole unity thing, 
I don't want to be forced into, you know, liking and working with people that, you know, that really kind of screw you over, or screw friends over, or screw, you know, backstabbing and stuff. The second thing I don't like about the field is that there are so many people that don't take it far enough. I mean, I mean, I've, you know, uh, I get a chance to work with guys like Johnny Zaffis and, and Chip mm-hmm. Coffey, like, you know, and, and, oh, my God, I get, you know, and one of my best friends in the whole field is Dustin Perry, and, and uh, his buddy Cody is always developing new stuff, and he's, you know, we're always, you know, we're, we're texting each other, you know, trying, you know, getting good ideas and, you know, trying to figure out and, you know, and kind of streamline stuff. That is great. But so many people out there are just, they just want to tear you down. And the egos and the hatreds and stuff. I've never experienced the the things that I'm experiencing right now at this point where I'm at. It's it's like people who you thought were your friends or people who you thought liked you. All of a sudden it's like, it's just negativity and just trying to tear you down from every angle. And, you know, for me, me being the type of person that I am, that just makes me stronger. That makes me more of a go-getter, more of like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> but you have, to, you have to. You know, I mean, I lived through all the really nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, people really just ripping you apart. and You know what? Here's the way I always think of it. I'm still here and they're not. You know? so, so, you know, I win on, the, on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the one-upmanship is a little bit tough. I mean, I'm not... Uh, that's one of the main reasons why you don't see me uh, having and being a part of a team. I will go and work with everybody. I, I yeah. love that. I love that because I don't want to. I don't listen. If I want to go and be a part of a team, I'll go bowling. That's the way it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need that. I mean, all I need, you know, is and the other. What else I do is, I mean, I do a lot of referral work. There's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of things that I can't talk about, uh, especially in negative, uh, negative hauntings. Uh, yeah. When I'm working, uh, if I if I work with a, uh, you know, I have worked uh, with exorcists in the past, oh. and and I have, you know, I mean, I've been exposed to a lot of little things like that that you really shouldn't be talking about, and you shouldn't, you know, except in a general term. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean that, I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to like, you know, I don't want to get a call in the middle of the night and say, listen, you got to come over, and you know, and you have to go over, and then like be too tired to go and do the public event that everybody's doing the next day because they need you as the sideshow, you know? I mean, yeah. As you know, oh, you're in station number six, and you're so tired, and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you always see like, even at the Statler, I had a crisis uh, reading that I had to do in the morning. Uh, a woman came oh. up. I felt it was a crisis reading. Boom, yeah. that's it. That takes precedent. I don't care if I make any money. I don't care. That's not what I do things for. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if I, uh, you know, if other people get frustrated because they can't, you know get a reading from me or whatever doesn't matter to me because that's a crisis reading that's the most important person in my life at that time and that's the way it should be oh now the third one that i don't like this has been a this this has been a pet peeve of mine since i really started getting involved with the paranormal mm-hmm. black t-shirts black t-shirts why do people dress in black can you explain that to me well, it's because you're wrong. What is it? Is it to blend in with the darkness? I mean... Wait a minute. My case, black is slimming, so I don't mind black. <laughs> I know. It's so slimming. But besides that, like, I just don't get the whole black t-shirt, black clothes thing. Like I'm like, I don't get it. 
if you went into my closet, if you go into my closet right now and open the door, I probably have 10 to 20 black T-shirts that were given to me by different teams and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I'll wear them, but I, I make it a point, and it's funny, I make it a point never to wear black on anything I do, on, on if I'm filming, uh, if I'm, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm doing camera work, if I'm doing investigations, I don't. And the reason I don't do it is because it's sort of just like, it just irks me a little bit, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't feel, I, I don't want to be part of the crowd. And, yeah. I, and other people can do it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, everybody can do it, do what they want. It's all cool. But for me, black t-shirts, I just, I just hate it. And the other thing is, is, People will give me that, and they'll want me to wear it, and I'll throw it on there, and they'll take a picture yeah. with it. I'll take it off, but they want me to wear it, and it's like advertising for their for their group or whatever. And I, yeah. I only advertise for certain people who you know have been really nice to me. You know, people like you and Lynn, or you know, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I only I only do that for certain people. Uh, everybody else, no, I, I really don't. I you know, para, I have my para expeditions hood or you know cap that I wear and. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but that's it. I mean, those. I mean, I don't like to advertise. It's like, it's like I'm a paranormal investigator, and it's like you have to fit this mold of like this is my uniform, this is how I dress, this is how I'm supposed to act, and here I show up with a picture, being like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go to Aldi's and talk to people. I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go shopping and talk to people. Yeah. I want to go to Aldi's. Put my quarter and get my cart and go through everything and have all my stuff in the cart. I don't. I was coming through a. Uh, uh, I was coming through the uh, the bridge. I was up at the witch last year. I was. I, I spoke at the witchcraft and voodoo festival up in St. Catharines. So I'm coming through and I'm honest. You know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, where are you coming from, sir? And I said I'm coming from St. Catharines. I was up at the voodoo and witchcraft. Uh, you know, the uh, festival up there. Oh, and I was there for like 20 minutes. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to go through. I, you know, I want to, I, I, I want to live my life. I, and, and I'll tell you uh, something that I was, I was told many, 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 many years ago when I was a kid and we used to go visit everybody in Lilydale, all the relatives and friends and stuff, which was just about like every weekend or every two weekends. Mm-hmm. We couldn't sit on the, the porch of the Maplewood a hotel that on Friday and Saturday nights that was reserved for the old timers, visiting meteors, mediums, registered mediums, those type of people. Oh, wow. We could sit there, but we couldn't sit up on the porch. We had to sit in the dirt in front, basically. And one day this guy looked at me and he said, listen, what you're learning here is, you know, not to be your life. It's to be a great addition to your life, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not to be your life. So go out there and, you know, be with the people and, and uh, be part of the people, and 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 you know, and, and for me, it served me well because I I've been blessed because I've you know I mean you know I've been on a few <laughs> I've been at a few network shows which has been yeah great. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of behind the camera work uh, I've done uh, uh, pilots and all those you know happy stuff like that and you know it's it's fun for about twenty seconds of that thing. <laughs> And then the rest of the time, it just, does, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm, I don't do anything for, I really don't want to do it for fame. I, I just, I, I enjoy just being me and just hanging yeah. out. And, and, you know, that's, you know, that you, you see my setup. I got these little eight by 10 signs and I put them on the table. And if they, <laughs> listen, 
that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, it's and you know, right now with you know being a paranormal investigator, medium, psychic, you know, so on and so forth, it's so popular that it consumes people and it becomes their life. Like it's, they wake up and it's like paranormal, 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 and I'm like, hi. I have a life outside the paranormal. Like I have a life and you know, then it comes everything else. I get the people that come up and run up and say, Oh, I know who you are. Hey, can you, can you tell me X, Y, and Z? And it's like, dude, I have to go into the men's room and pee. (laughs) I have not, I really don't want to do a reading here. You know, I'm not Teresa with the, with the bouffant from long Island. You know, I I, want to, you know, I have to pee, leave me alone, you know? And uh, uh, that's something else that, that uh, we have to always be really leery of because, you know, you got to remember if you're not in that zone and you're not clear-minded and you tell somebody something, that, becomes, that can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you don't want to go and turn around and take this flippantly. You know, you're walking down the street and have somebody you got to tell me this. No, I don't have to tell you this. Why don't we make an appointment? Let's sit down. I mean, I don't really care about even payment, but let's just go and, you know, put this in a more uh, sacred, I'll say sacred type of, uh, of context, you know, rather than, you know, rather than uh, in, you know, in the hallway of a, of a, of a convention center or, or, you know, even, <laughs> I mean, even at Walmart, you know, I, I yeah, read, yeah. I, I said Walmart recently, and I started laughing. I said, "Man, you got to get out more." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is true. Like once people, you know, outside the paranormal feel like once they tell them, "Yeah, you know, I'm a spiritual medium," it's like all of a sudden it's almost like, "Hey, can you tell me what's going on right now?" Is my dead relative here? And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm with my son trying to grocery shop or do something. Like, can you relax for a second? <laughs> you know, it's just crazy how that happens. You know, I mean, at the Statler, it's one thing. You know, you're starting to work with people and, you know, you're rolling and stuff. But, I mean, when you're when you're out, you, you want to be a normal person. I used to work for a radio psychic. And uh, uh, she, she was untrained. And uh, she couldn't go out in, with people. She couldn't go out during the day. Wow. Uh, she couldn't, I mean, seriously, I mean, she could, like, if she had a shop, it would be after midnight. And that's no way to live. You want no, to no, that's no way. With what you're doing, whether or not it's investigation, whether or not it's mediumship, whatever you want to, you know, you're doing, you have to be part of the people. You have to be a normal person. Mm-hmm. I always tell people that I'm not special. Nobody is special. You know, that uh, nobody's special. This, you want to be part of everybody. And, and, you know, and even like in death, my whole concept of the afterlife, because I'm, you know, even though I was brought up uh, Roman Catholic and but <laughs> at the same time spiritualist, my my whole thing of like heaven or hell, I don't believe in either one of them. I don't believe in saints. I don't believe in, you know, I don't believe in demons. Uh, I believe everything is vibrational. I believe that everything is frequency. I believe that personality is frequency. And, at the end of the day, at the end of the game, we can hopefully, after we strip everything away, our ego and personality away, we become nothing more than part of the whole, you know, part of the universe. Yeah. That's what, that's what I believe it is. So, I mean, you know, you don't want to go and, you know, mess with somebody. You want it to, you want people to just kind of, you know, flow with it and you want to flow with it and you want to be part of everybody. You just want to be a, a normal person, which Peggy, by the way, you're not. <laughs> 
Just, just want to let you know. No, 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 no. Wait, I'm not normal. <laughs> no, no. What is it, Frank? Young Frankenstein, Abby, normal? No, 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 no. You're great. No, Peg. Seriously, I remember the first time I met you up at Hinsdale, and uh, I'm a pretty good judge of horse flesh, and what you know, as a, a mediumship instructor and that. And I shook your hand, and I looked at, and it was just like a couple seconds we talked. And I said, you know, I thought to myself, you're one of the nicer people. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stroking your ego. I really know. That's just so sweet. That is nice to hear that. And believe me, people, people will tell you, I don't stroke egos, egos at all. Uh, But I mean, you're one of the nicer people. And I just thought, you know, you're going to do things for the right reason and, you know, whatever it is. And then, of course, I just went on and you know, follow Cal with my camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, and then I'm like, wait, I'm a hugger. <laughs> no, you gave me a fork. Where did that fork come? Guys, he gave me, like, right before I left, uh, last Sunday, I left the uh, Statler Psychic Fair. He just walked up to me, and he gave me a fork. It was loud. I had to leave. Now, what's the story with the fork? Where did you find it? Where did it come from? Many, many years ago, many, many years ago, part of our training was uh, bending spoons and forks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, uh, a lot of it was uh, uh, believed that spirit would work with it. And it was a lot of the early, the early spiritualist dogma was that you had, you know, all your helpers and aides and whatever, uh, would help you channel and start, you know, be able to bend these things, you know, because you're told you can't bend any kind of metal. And uh, it was pretty neat because uh, you're holding that, you're holding a spoon, you're holding a fork in your hand, and it's sort of like you have a mantra that you say, and it just like feels like putty. And the minute you start to think about what you're doing, it stops. So that was one of the one of the early forks that I. I bent and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to give it to you because that'll give you like a little incentive every time that you, you feel like you're beat down or whatever. Just take a look at that fork and say, you know what society says? You, well, can't, you can't bend metal. You can't. And, you know, that fork is the suspension of reality. That's what it is. It's a lot of mind over matter. I believe that. Mm-hmm. And it'll just give you a little incentive to say, hey, I can do this stuff because, you know, I mean, even if they say no, I'm on the right track. So yeah. that's what that fork is for. Wow. You have no idea how those words and that gift, how it means so much to me right no, now. Those are things. But, you know, I mean, you you know, I mean, you haven't had your you haven't put the hour. You know, I shouldn't say the hours and the years in that I have. And everybody will go through that. uh that little, that, you know, where you really hiccup and you're exhausted and, uh, you know, things are going wrong and it's sort of, you know, you just get that dark night of the soul where it's like, ah, this is all bullshit. Everybody goes through it. And if you're a good medium, you Mm -hmm. will go through a couple times. Yeah. Stuff like that is really important because it's a visual aid. It's a reinforcement to, to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Look at it, kick back and say, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can, you know, no matter what people are saying, no matter how I feel, uh, my, you know, my abilities, I've been training, it, it's plateaued. I can't push myself any yeah. further. This is happening. That's happening. 
that'll be your that'll be a little uh, uh, visual incentive just to say, you know what, it's going to be good if 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 that guy could bend that metal. <laughs> wow! That listen, wow! I am I am speechless. Peggy Gypsy right now is taking a couple seconds because it's trying to go and, and get her voice back. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am. You completely just, it just blew my mind because I like, I'm just dealing with a lot of things like within the paranormal field. Like the more I try to do stuff, the more like kickback I get from people. And it's just kind of like, oh my God. You know, wow. I have, I have the late Ray Buckland, I knew him pretty well. I love Ray. And um, he gave me this crappy little pendulum years ago, years ago, you know, when I was, I took some class with him or whatever. And uh, we, we used to sit on the front porch of the Maple Maplewood and, and rock. And he would tell me about his childhood in London. And it was pretty neat. And uh, he gave that to me. Well, you know what? Same thing happened. You know, I was like, oh, everything, this stuff sucks. I've had enough of these people. I, you know, uh, and I have it, I have it actually in my writing desk and I, I open it up and it fell out, it fell out, which everything usually falls out anyway, but it fell out at the right time. And I looked at it and I said, you know what, here's a guy that brought the true Wiccan religion here to the United States, was rejected. They burnt his car in New Jersey. Uh, he had, he was persecuted for a while. Uh, he had, he had all these problems. And yet he really flourished. He wrote all these books, all the and they're main they're the main tenets of of the Wiccan religion. He he formed his own uh, uh, different type of of witchcraft. Uh, he wrote fiction, wonderful uh, Victorian fiction novels. Uh, he was a he was a screenwriter. He knew wow. all these people. What a tremendous life he had! And I looked at that and I said, you know what? There's a guy that, that conquered all that. Yeah. And there he is. I see him. I, I, at the time, I used to see him drive his Corvette in the lily tail. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, he had that wild white shock of hair and the, you know, and the white goatee. And I thought, you know what? If he could do that, I can do it. So that's so, you know, that, that's everybody needs that. Everybody needs a little something that just reminds them that, hey, okay, take a breather, get back mm -hmm. on the horse and go. Oh my, I'm speechless, Tim. I am speechless. Like, oh my God. That's all I could keep saying. It's like, oh no. It was, that came at the best time in my life because I really needed that. Now I have something that I'm like, you know what? I am doing good. I am doing the right thing. I'm doing things for the right reason. And the people who are in my life supporting me are there because they truly want to support me. Exactly. And that's it. Know, that's it. I can't. You know, because you know, even though I'm like, oh, you know, I don't care what people think or anything, I do worry about the naysayers and I do worry about what they're saying. And, you know, you just gave me like the strength to be like, you know what? The naysayers don't matter. I know I'm doing the right thing. And if you and if you truly believe that you truly believe that 100 percent, it's just like spellcasting 101. You mm -hmm. have to believe 100 percent. If you do, then you are. And you'll attract, like attracts like, thoughts are things, things are vibratory in nature, it'll affect everything around you. You'll shed away uh, the people who may be there for other reasons or, or not going to help you progress, mm -hmm. and you're going to attract other people to you 
that will. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you'll attract different situations, and you'll just start to learn. And that's what you want. That, that that's yeah. basically what you want. I mean, you know what? I don't ever want to say goodbye to anybody, but sometimes it's so ne necessary in our fields to be able yeah. to do because of the fact that we evolve. Everybody evolves at different rates, and sometimes you know, sometimes they it was there's nothing more than just. Uh, it, you know, you, you know, you love a person, but they just, they're just—it's just dead air. You know, it's just dead air. So you, you have to keep evolving. You have to keep pushing yourself, and that's what I do. I mean, I have, so I have a couple good close friends, and every—you know—a lot of other people are just kind of there, and we evolve, and we, you know, we, you know, we're thrilled to see each other when we see each other, but you know, you don't see them again, you know, like you used to. So it's always there. You have that constant evolution. And it's that's the big thing about mediumship. People don't realize that. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks that, you know, you go out there and they teach you, take a couple classes, and they teach you this, and you get your, you they, you know, you get a little uh, certificate, you can hang on the wall. <laughs> I got about 20 <laughs> certificates sitting in a file. <laughs> but, I mean, you get these things, you know, and that is nothing. That's just that's just a footstep. That's or yeah. just a step there, you know. And I'm continuously learning, continuously. Uh you know, I may not take classes, but I'm, you know, forever uh, evolving. I'm forever trying to figure out things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm look, you know, I mean, I was, I, I just saw uh, Witch Doctor or two. He's got a new book out uh, about uh, with Voodoo and Harriet Tubman. He's very, very big in the, he's oh. Canadian. He's very, very big about the first uh, practitioners, the freedmen that mm -hmm. came, that, that, came into his country and established a colony there and Harriet Tubman was there and it's the book is fantastic I learned so much from the book I'm yeah. really because you know I know enough about voodoo you know I do I you know mm -hmm. not not you know you know I do I do have poppets around laying around the house just in case <laughs> but, uh I mean but to learn about the whys and hows and the histories behind it, you always learn. I'm just down at the Santeria shop and I was talking to Louise. Oh, I saw your picture. I know. <laughs> I was like, look at you on Niagara Street. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, 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 listen, I can go to Niagara Street. I, I'm accepted down there. Listen, you are completely accepted amongst my people. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> I know three words of Spanish and, and nobody bothers me. And, you know, <laughs> and I, they, I go in and out of that shop and everybody's like happy to see me. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I talked to Lee and I, and I learned different things. I learned about, uh, the different, you know, candle magic. And I learned about, you know, the beads and I learned about the saints and I learned about, you know, all the different deities. And every time I go down there, I learn something new. That's the fun of what we do. And you, you have to keep doing that. And if you don't evolve, you know, you're going to be here for another couple of lives. You got to keep yeah. pushing. It. You and I think it's, it's important to also learn from each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think they, you know, put your ego aside and learn from one another because we all bring something different with our guests. Exactly. So, I mean, I'll know. be honest with you. I mean, you and I can sit down, we can talk, I'll learn something from you. And I think that's what's so great about the 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 flux that uh, all of us kind of experience. It's that flux, it's that you know, it's it's like it's like water, you know, yeah. learning. And again, you don't you know, you don't go and you don't, you you gotta respect everything. I had I was just speaking at a college uh, a couple weeks ago. And a kid come up to me and he says he's part angel and his father was St. Michael or somebody. And uh, I looked at him. I said, well, I don't really believe you. 
but I'll respect yeah. it. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I respect if it's if it's your belief, I respect it. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and say you're not. Yeah, I'm not because that is if that is how you feel that you are. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, like who am I to tell you that what you believe is you know. Could be, I've, I've met someone that, you know, I'm not going to say her name. She thinks she's half lizard. She swears she's a reptile. I and that I her gift comes from being a reptile. And I'm just kind of like, oh. I think I dated her in the 70s. I'm not <laughs> sure. In the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. This woman had a lot of tattoos and a lot of them were like snake-like. But that's, 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 that's that was the 70s. It was disco. What can I tell you? You're not gonna tell oh, we have a question. Actually, it's from my sister. She's on. Hi, Brenda. <laughs> and um, she wants to know, what is your favorite scary movie? Oh, oh, there's one that I used to watch with my mother. It's called The Haunting. It's the original black and white. It's not the one that was remade with Liam Neeson in there. Uh, this was black and white. You never saw a ghost in it. It was a thriller. They, it, 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 it scared the hell out of me. I, my mother and I used to sit up there like eleven. You know, it would start at like eleven thirty at night, and we would watch it, and I would be terrified. And I will tell you to this day, I do have a DV, uh, DVD copy of it. I have show marquees of it, and I have four autographs of the major players. So what? it's not to say, it's not to say that I'm obsessed with it, but um, that I is, beg to differ. <laughs> oh, I, but that that was one of those ones where, uh, you know, it, it was sort of like an investigation and people staying there, you know, for a couple of days in this haunted look, this haunted mansion and stuff. And you know, I hate to I hate to think that that it may have colored my adulthood. But yes, I do that. So every, every so often, I'll pull it out and I'll look at it and I'll watch it and and I'll think to myself, "Oh my God, I've gone from this character now I'm now I'm like the professor character there, looking for something. What's you know? Why is this happening? Yeah. It, I, I, it's just it, it's just uh, one of those movies that I, I I it scarred my childhood. So I love that. The one the one movie that scared the hell out of me was in 1972 or 73. I think it was 1972 when The Exorcist came out. We, I oh. went to the movies. I went to the movies to watch it. We rode our bicycles to the holiday show, uh, holiday shows on Union Road. Oh, wow. And we went and saw it at, I think they had like an 11 o'clock show or midnight show. Mm-hmm. We were terrified. For weeks after, I was terrified. Terrified. The most oh, terrifying wow. thing ever met or I've ever seen. And it's so funny because I, I met uh, uh, Linda Blair, Blair a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she's such a nice person. And I said to her, I said to her, you know, I know you get this asked a lot, but yeah. how can you kind of like, you know, have you come to terms with it, how you've scared the hell out of like like generations of people? Yeah. She looked at me and laughed. She goes, and that's the fun of movies. And I said, yeah, okay, you're right. That's it. That's your, th- but I remember that when when the head turned around and, oh, you know that was that, that was like still scary now. You know, <laughs> I, I watch it and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, oh. 
comes up on Facebook, I have to turn it off because I just can't look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it's scary. It's so scary. I mean, exorcisms are, not, exorcisms are not quite like that, thank God. Okay, we're talking about in the spirit of exorcism. Sure. How do you feel, you know, you have, you've been around for such a long time in this field. How do you feel with like the past, I always ask people the same question on the show, how the past five years, the word demons and legions and demons it's thrown around so loosely in the paranormal field it's like the pen fell it's a demon no idiot let's find out why the pen fell and what's that demon peg peg what is that weird smell oh it's a demon it's sulfur (laughs) it's demon all right it was that chili that that guy ate for for lunch it smells like sulfur and it's a demon you know yeah i here's here's the bottom line uh, again, I mean, when I was, you know, bring, being brought up a Roman Catholic, you know, going to parochial school, uh, yeah, you got a lot of that, but it just never stuck. It never made sense to me. And uh, going to uh, Lyceum in in uh, in the Dale, I mean, they really went out of their way to dispel that. They mm-hmm. really did, uh, and to prepare you, you know, to you know that this is not what it is. Yeah, I. Uh, my thing is, is one night I was sitting around with a, a bishop with the uh, Western Rite Catholic Church. He's based out of Boston. We're sitting there. We're sitting around with cigars, drinking bourbon. Is what we are doing. I'm not going to lie. And uh, we were discussing it. And he says, well, Tim, what do you call this? And he'd go into what the, the attributes of a demon. I said, well, that's like lower vibrations. And, and I mean, there really is, you know, the, the spirit personality and, and, you know, it doesn't change. And I'm like, well, what do you call this? These ain't, you know, you talk about angels. And at that point, I realized it's just—it's it, all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's just that I call them different things. He calls them different things. But when you start looking at infestations and, and temporal <laughs> positions, I wrote the book, uh, the uh, C2D1 haunting, about uh, 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 Krista Cesare, who was tortured in uh, 1985 oh. uh, at uh, uh, Geneseo State College. Uh, and what we feel is a temporal possession attempt by a non-demonic uh, entity. And, uh, you know, when you start looking at all of this stuff, you start realizing that it's all the same across the board. You have infestation. You have the same benchmarks. You have the same yeah. red flags. Uh, infestation. And actually, with the onset of all the paranormal shows and, par- and paranormal oh. investigators, it's obsession. The obs- now it it's obsession uh, is there just before infestation, which then you have, of course, it goes into uh, uh, you know where it's starting to really wear you down, oppression, yeah. and it's going to go into the temporal possessions phase. And what people don't realize is, in order to be possessed or even in a temporal possession, you have got to be able to go and you have to say yes to it. Mm-hmm. And that's- and you know, I mean, I have, I now have 50 Ouija boards and I have like 17 antique ones and, and I teach the proper way of working with Ouija boards and the safe way of working with board, talking boards. But, you know, you have the Zozo phenomenon now. Oh, and, God. And, and that Zozo Don't get is, me started on that name, man. You know, ever since I, hey, Zach hey, said it on his show, all of a sudden, everybody wants to find him. Everybody wants to communicate with him. But there's a great store in the uh, Detroit airport when I was I was flying out to a gig one day, one day, and it's called Zozo. I said I had to go and have my picture taken in front of the <laughs> store. 
but I mean, what it is is, I mean, the name doesn't really make a difference. You know, there's no difference in what you with a name. A name is a name. It's a name, but, yeah. What they do is they go and the entity will be very nice at the beginning and then mm -hmm. ask you to do something for them or help them in one way. And many times it's like, well, I need to finish this life lesson. You know, you know, can I can you help me? Mm -hmm. And if you say yes to it, you know, sometimes that's all it takes for that entity to kind of, you know, really kind of uh, uh, mess with your mind. And uh, that's where a lot of the temporal, but that's where people get in trouble with temporal possession. Yeah. So the late uh, father, Alphonsus uh, uh, Trebolt, who did the work up at Hinsdale, okay. uh, the uh, Ed Lorraine Warren when they were speaking at St. Bonaventure, a, a, a girl came up to them and said that she was possessed. She sold her, uh, she sold her soul to the devil. Wow. And, you know, you have to agree to it. And the, the other one, the other book is uh, uh, Hostage to the Devil by uh, the late Malachi Martin. And, and he was an exorcist, uh, Jesuit, hardcore. And he writes about all these other cases that other exorcists have faced. And almost every single one of them was the fact that you have to agree to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people don't realize that. And everybody thinks everything's a demon. And that's a lot of the Judeo-Christian upbringing of so yeah. many of the investigators. Uh, and, and you know what? If you want to believe it's a demon, that's fine. But the big thing is, is that they go and they do sometimes some harm to the people that to the clients. When yeah. you're out and you're, you know, 90% of how you deal with any kind of negative infestation in a location is education of the people. You know, I can dance around with sage and whatever they want, holy yeah. water, I put crosses over the windows, whatever they need, I will do. But if I can't get them to change the way they think and find a little bit more of a spiritual path and let them start growing in, in understanding mm -hmm. and and looking at things in a more positive way, nothing's going to happen. I, I can do delay motions, you know, and, and that's it. Um, but it's up to the people and, and these locations. And the problem is, is when you go and you say to a person, well, there's a demon here. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, now again, self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't want to say that because you don't really know for sure. Yeah. You don't know for sure. And if you don't have a cleric, that is really properly trained, you know, not just, a, you know, a seminarian, uh, someone, you, you got to get somebody out of the diocese of Pittsburgh under Adam Bly or some of the other people. You've got to have somebody classically trained to understand what's going on. And if you create a self-fulfilling prophecy, man, that's, that's karma. That's got to oh, come back. Yeah. Oh. You can't do that. You have to be, you know, yourself, Native American uh, uh, beliefs, you know, in, in all the different uh, island beliefs, African beliefs, you've got to be very, very careful because that you do. Person, you know, Duarte, uh, the government down in Haiti uh, during, you know, was it the 60s or 70s when when all that, you know, they were using voodoo, the the, the religion against the people, you know, as, mm -hmm. as scare tactics. That is what can happen. And you have to be so very, very careful. So never, you know, I mean, that's why I'm, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I won't lie to you. If somebody comes up to me and starts saying, you know, I have a demon that's following me. I yeah. shake my head and I thinking to myself, no, you don't. Let's no, you talk don't. about it. No? Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> and, and, and here's the other thing. True, uh, true demons, true demons uh, are very, 
very, very rare. Very, very rare. Minions, very rare. Yeah, minions, yeah, they come and go, but they don't really last that long. The big problem that I get is these lower, nasty little spirit entities, these 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 spirit personalities. Yeah. We're nasty schmucks in this life. Yeah. Us very, very unhappy with themselves. In death, they have never, they have not reconciled, uh, okay. you know, their lives and, and, and the way they live their lives and such. These are what you find uh, in most of the cases. Yeah. And these, these will turn into, because, uh, you know, there's two different types of poltergeists. There's the uh, poltergeist attack, and then there's the human targeted poltergeist attack where it's around one person. Uh, these types of entities very much will go into a uh, a human targeted poltergeist attack because of the fact that this way they're wearing down a person, mm-hmm. you know, a human, in order to go and either get them to do their bidding or and yeah. and, and, and I'll be honest with you, uh, in in a lot of cases, it's to debase, uh, it's to debase the person, you know, to make them really miserable, sick, uh, physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And, and go and uh, make their lives just living hell. So, I mean, that's in the extreme cases. But true demons, no, there's not. No. And it's, again, it's like, you know, these, these you know, some people walk around and say, you know, I, I am an angel. I'm doing this. That's great. I mean, I, I, you know what? If you have the attributes of an angel and you're doing really great things, I don't care what you are. You know, if you want yeah. to walk down with wings, dude, I will say <laughs> But the big thing is, is that, you know, you have to, if you're going to go and talk to talk, you got to walk the walk. And, and I feel like a lot of people put themselves in these situations where yes. they just keep claiming, oh, it's a demon. Oh, I contacted this demon. I say, you better be careful what you're asking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because one day you're going to have that freaking demon in front of your face and say, now what? What well, you've been asking for me? You know, and people don't realize that, like, whatever... Whatever, you know, you keep saying it's going to manifest. So just be careful. You know, it's a lot of investigators out there that I'm like, just be careful with this the, stuff. The other thing is, is that people, uh, you know, Ray used to say, Ray Buckland used to call people fuzzy bunnies, where they were really like only looking for the, the, the nice stuff, the positive stuff. And they really, and, and I get, I still get a lot of calls by these fuzzy bunnies that they'll go and they'll do something and they'll mess up. Yeah. And, bring something into somebody's house and they don't have any way of understanding uh you know what's going on or that you know they can't help this person they caused it but they you know you know like you know certain like certain rituals and stuff and my question is how do you know that you're bringing in an angel how you know spirits number one thing you learn out there spirits lie they don't always tell you they're tricky and they lie and you know stuff you know, thoughts are things. So guess what? They already know the question before it comes out of your mouth. Of so that's the way it works. So, you know, you got to, like, like, you know, my big thing was for years I was, you know, I was kind of doing this, you know, the I had the spiritualist blinders on where I was, you know, I had I was a card-carrying member and everything. And and then one day I, I, I got into a situation where I couldn't help these people and I didn't understand what was going on. And at that moment, I, I really called on a, some good friends, learned about the dark side, worked uh, with people that, you know, that there, it, there there really is no black and white. It's almost all gray, uh, you know, spellcasters that don't think twice about hurting people, you mm-hmm. know, especially, you know, if especially in cases of murder, pedophiles, uh, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and how and how you have to really be careful with it. Who do voodoo? Essentially, you have to be very careful. 
And it, that's exactly it. But it was the best education I could have had because I became more effective with what I do. And, you know, and I mean, even just to sit with you and, and, and talk to your listeners, I mean, I, that's really, to me, is very, very important. Mm-hmm. That you can't be one or the other. You can't be the evil warlock sitting there, you know, in a morning, <laughs> you know, and cursing and throwing lightning bolts at people. And you can't be the person that's sitting out there, you know, looking in, you know, the nice blue sky with the flower yeah. thing. Or, like, oh, you know. Yeah. You have to be able to walk in both worlds. And that's hard to do because you have to suspend your fear Mm -hmm. in order to do it. And I mean, I, for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a big thing because to me, black and white and gray is all the same thing. You know, my, my belief system is, it's just right across the board with it. And uh, uh, so, I mean, you know, to cast a spell, to, to save a spell, to cleanse a house, to work with that, you know, a negative entity that, that is in a, that somebody may have brought into a location or, yeah. you know, or a portal that's open, bringing something through to close it, it doesn't bother me because of the fact that I've already been there. And, and after all these years, I've been slapped, I've been scratched, I've been pushed. You know, it, it, once you get over that fear, I remember on, on a cassette player, I got my first F-bomb where they swore at me, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You yeah. Know, Later, here I am going, yeah, okay, tell me something that I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now it's like, oh, so you think I'm a bitch? Great. Okay, join the club. What's going on? What else What else you have to say? <laughs> we were filming for the old Spike Network years ago, and we were at Harper's Ferry. So they got all these camera people down there, you know, and we got, we got one of the squawk boxes are going, and, and, you know, all these guys, you know, they had all worked for National Geographic, and they're filming us, you know, it's a big production, <laughs> and this thing is going, my buddy goes, well, what are you that's coming through, real dramatic, and the thing goes, demon, well, we start laughing, right, yeah, if you're a demon, do something to us, come on, poke us, come on, scratch us, do this, do that, come on, throw something, at, you know, we're really pushing it, you know, we're yeah. focusing. You know, because we know it's not. We know it's not. Listen, if it's a demon, it would have already got us by now. It would have gotten you even before you knew that it was a demon. Yeah, you know, so later on, after the scene was shot, and we're, we, you know, I think it was about 7.30, we're breaking for dinner. And the director goes, hey, Tim, can you come over here for a second? I said, yeah, Al, what's going on? He says, um, could you not do that again? I said, do what? Well, you know, that thing said demon that was like really like loud. And you guys started yelling at it and stuff. Uh, you freaked out my entire camera crew, but the whole production crew doesn't know if they want to continue doing this anymore. Oh we'll be, we'll be much better. <laughs> we'll be much better. <laughs> okay, so I have a question from the chat room, and Sherry, hi Sherry. Sherry is awesome. I met her out in Petros, uh, Tennessee, at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary. She is awesome. Um, she's a question. She goes. She goes, I've seen shadow people just wondering what is your opinion of what or who they are? Shadow people are the way that you can interpret spirit. A lot of times, you know, that's the way I look at it. A lot of times what happens is that some people can see them. I know I know some of the old mediums. They used to walk around Lilydale and see dead people walking visually. It's called objectively through your eyes. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I see a shadow person, it's just the way that my my brain is actually processing the uh, the, the vibration of that of that entity. And are they good? Are they bad? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I have I haven't met a shadow person that I didn't like yet. <laughs> I'm going to be. <laughs> 
I will, because of the fact that they're there for a reason. Sometimes they're residual in nature, they're a buildup of energy, but for the most time, the intelligent ones that, that we see, or the ones that will lead us on like a, like, like a little walk through a house or, or, or a, a location, uh, I've never really had any, any, any bad experience with shadow people. Uh, they, they can be shocking when you see them. I mean, I've jumped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by seeing them move. But I, no, I've never had anything negative happen. So uh, to me, it's just the way we interpret seeing spirit. Wow, that's, that is interesting. Uh, my sister had a question, which I kind of know what you're going to say, but I'm still going to ask. She goes, Tim, will you sleep in a cemetery by yourself? She's saying that because when I was 18, 19, we were living in New York, New York City, and we drove up to New Hope, Pennsylvania, which is yeah. like Lilydale, basically, and... Yeah. I was like, we're going to sleep here. And, you know, we slept in the car. And then she was like, no, we're going to go to a hotel. I'm like, dude, we've been out here for like five hours. <laughs> so I know she was going to ask that. That is so funny. So would you sleep at a, in a cemetery by yourself? Have it. Have done it. Been there, done it. Have the T-shirt. Ah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. The cemeteries don't bother me at all. I'm like, okay. Listen, I'm not going to go and sleep on on top of somebody's grave. I, I kind of draw the line there. Yeah, I mean, you have to draw the line. I'll be in the parking lot. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I was I, I was on the outskirts and uh, I never had a problem with it. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's just here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Uh, if you have respect, they'll have you know entities will have respect for you. Uh, most of the places, most in most cemeteries are not where the spirits are. Uh, all they are is receptacles of, of the human remains. That's they're very, very seldom have yeah. I ever really encountered anything like walking around a cemetery. I mean, I've got EVPs and stuff in a cemetery, but, uh, have I felt it? No. Uh, you know, I, th I think when we die, I hope to hell when we die, we have more important things to do than like hanging around hooked onto our bodies. That's what the main reason I believe that's one of the main reasons why I want to be cremated. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in cremation. And, uh, you know, I've got, you know, my mother bought me, uh, bought my Nancy and I, uh, uh, burial plots for our, oh, our, man. <laughs> our, our wedding gift. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be cremated and I'll be put in the ground there with the rest of my family. And I'm doing that for two reasons. Cause I don't, I, I've seen what bodies look like after, yeah exhumed and stuff you know and i that's not something i want to be look like no. but also you know i don't want to have my soul my spirit like hooked up to my body i don't care i'm hoping no. that like you know i've, I've got to when i uh, uh when i when i redo my will i'm gonna have like part of me you know some some of my ashes up at lilydale i'm gonna have some of my ashes oh. here and there and and i mean to me that's very very important i because most spiritualists their bodies don't mean anything they they could care yeah. less you know? yeah I want to be cremated too. And, you know, I always tell my family and my best friend, I'm always like, listen, I want to be cremated. Half of me, I want it to be just in New Orleans. Just just let me go in New Orleans. And then the other half with my family, like, that's what I want. I want to be cremated. I don't want to be, it's just a body at the end of the day. And, that, and that's exactly it. And I'm, I'm not a real big you know, I, we don't, uh, uh, we don't believe in like wakes. Uh, we don't believe in, uh, you know, really 
having you know our our closure is that like a, it will be a service and that's it it's it, it's not this whole stylized thing uh it's good it you know some people need it but i mean my family really doesn't need it and uh it's more i feel it's more respectful and yeah. you know and I, and i think it's more i think closure begins with simplicity yes. and when when you do something that's very very simple i believe that closure begins almost immediately and that's that that's a you know mm-hmm. i know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I, I'm a firm believer in that. And you know, everything I've ever done in my life is kiss is the old kiss principles. You know, keep it simple, stupid. You know, just oh my god, you told me that on Sunday, and I was dying. Keep it simple, stupid. I was like, I will always remember that now. <laughs> Come on, you know what? What is everybody thinks mediumship, right, or psychic abilities and the 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 ability the and and trying to go and harness all this stuff? What do you think is the hardest thing? It's not hard at all. It's natural. It's the easiest thing. You know what? I exhale. I'm in the zone. I inhale. I'm back yeah. out of the zone. I don't. You know, meditation. You know how I meditate? I listen to ACDC as loud as I can on the drive. <laughs> that is the way that I do it. I am not one of these people that is really like you know. Well, I have to go and be touched with the with the you know the universe. No, I'm just you know I'm You're just. just I mean, just, I, and it's it's very simple. Everything is so simple. And when you break it down, remember we were talking about tea leaving, tea read, yes. uh, tea readings, uh, yeah. Sunday. It's so uh-huh. simple. It's so it simple. Is? I couldn't it, believe it. I couldn't because I thought it was going to be this this hard, intricate, like it's you know it passed oh, down you, it, it, so hard. <laughs> and then once you explained it to me, I was like, really? <laughs> That's it. That's what it, it is. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you, but very, very, it, everything is so simple. I took, uh, I took uh, a natural awareness training at the Rhinebeck Institute, uh, Holistic Institute in uh, Rhinebeck, New York. And I went out there for a weekend. And one of the, uh, the exercises that we had to do was to project ourselves. We had to project ourselves forward to certain spots. And the first, you know, we had to blindfold ourselves. There's like 60, 70 of us. And we're on this football field next to like you know this hall where we were where we were uh, taking our training, and they said what you got to do is you got to go to the sound of the drum where the drum is, and you go forward and you can you know you're projecting yourself forward and you can feel right where that drum is right to where it is. And there's people there though though they just kind of put you know their hand on your shoulder and say okay you're in with it you're there you're there. The next part was you had to project yourself into the hall, into this lecture hall. That include that that's like finding like you know you got to project yourself into where like there's where there, there's stairs, where there's a door. You know you got to you got to get into you got to go to this hallway. You got to find your way. It was amazing because all of a sudden I, I projected, and I'm walking, walking, and I felt myself go to the left. I went in there. I put my hand down. There was the railing. I put my other hand out. There was the door. Pulled the door open. I walked in. There was six of us that made it to the middle of the of this hall of this you know lecture hall, and it was so simple. It was so simple. It was nothing more than stripping away the I can't do it, stripping mm-hmm. away the I shouldn't be doing it, and going with the raw I am. I am gonna. I can do this. And when you're working with like mediumship and, mm-hmm. and uh, 
psychic ability, you get rid of that self-doubt. And I always tell people, listen, it doesn't matter. You know, I my one of my favorite sayings is when I'm when I'm reading people. I do gallery. I love gallery work. I'm insane when I do gallery. Work. <laughs> oh, I've heard. <laughs> I, I can be a little crazy, but I love that. And you're getting, you know, you're connecting in, and you're getting this wave of vibration hitting you, and you're getting somebody that's just sitting there shaking their head. No, don't know what you're talking about. Whatever. I love stopping, looking at him and saying, you know what? I'm an author. I can write better shit than what I'm telling you. You know? And right right then and there, they realize it. I'm not fooling around. I'm not lying to you. Just go and just accept it. You know? And if, if I'm not going to, I'm going to give you exactly the honest truth of what I'm getting. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. And if it does work for you, that's even better. That's, you know? that's- it's the way it is. It's like simple, stupid. It just keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. I love it. I I love that. By this weekend, last weekend, I was over there sitting, and and uh, I, you know, I explained to people. I I work on vibrations, and joy and happiness are the ones that the biggest vibrations that work the best. Yeah. So I have to be really happy to do this. I want to get out there and do this, Peg. I want to do it. I know. It's like, go, go, go. <laughs> and the people in the audience are like, well, you know, I'm just here, you know, for, no, I mean, I make them sing. And this, you know, and this year was insane because it was like a Mardi Gras theme. And yeah. I made them sing when the saints come marching in as loud as they can. And we're throwing Mardi Gras beads and chocolate and getting everybody into it. That's what you want. And you oh, know what? I that, that, that must have been so much fun. I'm a very lazy medium, so I don't want to go and, like, have to work at this. I want it to flow nice and easy. Keep it keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That is, I'm having so much fun. This is amazing. Well, you know, I like, you know what, Peg? I, you know, that's when I, I was so thrilled. I was honored that you asked me on the show because, you know, it's like. Uh, I was honored you said yes. Yeah. So, you know, you're always so busy. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I should. <laughs> no, 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 no. And this year, I've, you know, it worked out good because this year I'm not on the road as much. I, I, yeah. uh, I've got a book. I've got actually two books that I want to finish. And uh, my wife just retired. So I really want to get out there and do some stuff. And I have I have some really neat locations on my bucket list, like Centralia, yeah. Pennsylvania. I want to go see there. I've got... Uh, I'm looking for uh, 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 sacred spaces and shrines. Oh, wow. uh, looking, I'm looking to record those and interview people that are associated with it. Uh, so, I mean, I really want to be out on the road doing my own thing for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing some stuff locally. You know, I just haven't, I just, I've, I've, I, and I'll be honest with you, I just like being lazy. I like being, I like hanging out. <laughs> That is that's so funny. Now we're gonna be wrapping up the show. I am um, just gonna mention real quick our next guest is gonna be Ken Bogle from BD yes. Stage. I know I love Ken. He's a riot. It's yes. from Tara Date with Ken Bogle on BDSpace.com. Now you know I just want to thank everybody who tuned in, and I'm just gonna let him close out the show with some words of wisdom. And you are actually close. I'm giving you that closing the show tonight. <laughs> Wow, words of wisdom. Yeah. Something other than don't play the ponies. Uh, is that is that what you want? Something a little bit more than that? <laughs> well, you know what? Basically, this is this is uh, uh, 
what I want everybody to know. You know what? Spirituality is not a religion. It's not going to church. It's not the buildings. It's nothing like that. Spirituality is a covenant between you and your God, you and your deities. And it doesn't matter what you worship. I mean, I love going out in the woods. You know, that's that's a church for me. Uh, I love going into cathedrals. That's a church for me. But it really isn't. And always remember, religion is created by man, not by God. And eventually, unfortunately, religions are there to go and squash your uh, your ability to get out there and question and learn. And you can't do that. And you can have a great spirituality and be the greatest person in the world. And you don't have to belong to a religion. So there you go. That's your words of wisdom, kiddo. I almost feel like I practiced that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, you didn't even send me that. That's not even that's not even a question that you wanted me to talk about. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't send no question. That's the whole thing, part of being on the show. But uh, thank you for those amazing words of wisdom. Hey, and anytime you want me to come out and hang out, just let me know. And uh, again, I mean, I love you and Lynn. You guys have always been good to me. And I always thought that you guys were two people that were up and coming and, uh, you know, you're just you're just good people. So if you ever need anything, let me know, and I'm there. And if you ever need a fill-in guest, Thank you for listening. Paranormal Buzz Radio is live on Spreaker with interactive chat rooms. For all things Paranormal Buzz Radio related, check out our website at paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Here's our spring 2019 show lineup. Sundays, Skeptic in the Psychic, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. And rotating every other Monday, B Squared, Magic Monday, and Origin, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, 5.30 Pacific. Thursdays, REP Paranormal and Friends, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. Friday, Shay's Paranormal Chat, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. Saturdays, Into the Abyss with Peggy Gypsy, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, 6 Pacific. 